Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're in the house. We're here at OMB on a beautiful Wednesday evening. Danny Brams, it's great to see you. Cheers to you, brother. Thanks, John. Feeling good. Loving life at OMB, always. It is loud in the house. There's all kinds of crazy events going here. We kind of came here. We thought maybe it'd be a quiet night. It is anything but quiet. There are private parties in all the banquet halls. And you probably hear the drums and trumpets behind us. There's a crew getting ready for a big, big, big soccer match here in Charlotte this weekend. Charlotte is a soccer city, and even though Charlotte FC is done for the year, the kickball continues here in the Queen City. So it's a North Carolina derby, too. It is. It's a rematch of the Independence NCFC game that I went to about a month ago. At the start, it's now we're here. The you know it's the end of Hispanic Heritage Month. I went at the beginning of Hispanic Heritage Month to a great match. Got to meet up with the Independence Ultras and the Mech Reserves and my boy Umberger and all the all the crew took me in, had a great time. Uh, and they're they're rematching again in another must-win game for the Independence. The playoff chase continues there. Even though FC didn't make it, there's still a chance for Charlotte to be represented in, in postseason soccer here. And you can hear this drum and trumpet crew is getting themselves ready for Saturday night. I couldn't have planned it better to, yeah. to be here, have the the band in the background and and be talking soccer uh, in Charlotte ahead of a, a huge match this weekend. We're going to get into that match later in the show. We've got a, a ton to talk about. We haven't been here on the podcast since Charlotte FC's draw at home against Columbus, which officially knocked Charlotte out of the playoff race, had a, had a busy weekend. And then after that final match of the year on decision day on Sunday, it was it was tough to get together. I've been under the weather. I'm coming back out of yep. it here today, having a beer. It feels good. Welcome back to the, the land of the living. You went hard, John. You went hard for like a week and a half with your sister's wedding and the midweek match and the you know party, getting ready to party for the, the you you you. And then I was up body, in Raleigh. Yeah, and I was up in Raleigh. Yeah, then for you went to golf. Raleigh for a golf tournament. I mean, you, you, you drank eight nine days in a row, and your body just finally just said no. It's time for a break. Uh, so I'm back on the wagon tonight at OMB. It's it's a, fa a fantastic setting and it's and it's been good to us all season. Right. So so I'm really happy to be here tonight. Speaking of season, you mentioned the word season. Yes. What we it remember we've been here throughout the season. We did an episode here in March. We did an episode here in the summer, and and it, it's always around this time. You know, seven thirty ish, eight o'clock at night. It's been a lot lighter now. It's like nighttime. It just it meant like we've ridden through the seasons this season, and it's like it's cool. Like all the how the same kind of uh, setting can look so many different ways the times we've been here. And winter's coming. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And Charlotte FC training is coming as well because you'd think that it's the off-season. No. But apparently not. Uh, no. th this was news to me. Uh, when, when we had talked about the players getting a week off and then coming back in training, uh -huh. I guess the MLS rules state that you can continue to train during MLS Cup if you don't make the tournament. So... I Interim head coach Christian Latanzio is going to take advantage of that. Right. I said that the club that brought PSLs to, to Major League Soccer is now bringing OTAs to Major League Soccer. <laughs> so it's like we're just borrowing uh, concepts from the NFL left and right here. But uh, although we have much better attendance than the NFL team in town, we, we don't need to go too far into that. David Tepper makes another <laughs> midseason firing, his right. second of the year. Right, right, exactly. I guess the the uh, the uh, the gridiron ball team uh, fired whoever was their coach. That's all I can tell you about that one on this show. But I can tell you this much. Uh, it's been a beautiful year. It's been full of beautiful things. And how would you feel, though, if after everything that went through, 
the the extra training that you referenced just a second ago right. was announced after the the hard fought draw against Columbus, the last minute equalizer from Shinyashiki, this vibe of like everything's great and like like even though it was a draw, it felt like a win because of the late equalizer. And so in sort of the post afterglow of that of that Columbus draw, even though we were eliminated, everyone's still happy. And Latanzio comes out and says, Oh hey, by the way, we're gonna keep going this winter. We've got extra weeks of training when the games end, and so you're thinking, okay, that's it, that's when you make that announcement after a big, you know, uh, positive draw, and then imagine like being the players after the Red Bulls game, after the season went out with a total whimper, and everyone just like played one of their their worst matches of the season, and it was just kind of like over, and then you're like, oh fuck, do we still have to do that extra training <laughs> in a week from now? Damn it. <laughs> They're going to be running a lot <laughs> yeah, based yeah. on Latanzio's oh, post-game commentary yeah. after that NYCFC, excuse me, after that New York Red Bull yeah. loss um, yeah. in New Jersey to, to finish the season. I think ultimately what that training session means is that he's taking the full-time job. Right. But as of tonight, I, please, is is somebody on vacation in the no front way. office? Is is the is the executive assistant has she not been no. able to print the paperwork? No, no. It's is the, the DocuSign not going through to his email? Right. right. What, he's got to download a, Adobe Acrobat Reader and, and pay for the premium to be uh, able to sign. Why is it this contract yeah. signed? It's uh, got to be down to lawyers and agents just working out the details. Like Latanzio is acting as if he's the manager, and so it just. At this point, you have to just assume that it's happening. He's making plans. He's talking about work that he's going to do after the extra trainings are done. Right. He's going to send everyone home for the holidays. Then he's going to get down to business with Zorn and Tepper and start bringing in players to, to try to strengthen the squad and increase competition. Have to figure a left back as part of those plans in a major, major way. And, yeah, like, Latanzio's acting as if, man. And you said it. You came around, right? The, it, since we've last recorded... The, the Columbus draw and the reaction to that, did he give you, what's, amidst all the ups and downs when we've been hot cold on Christian Latanzu taking the job and eventually I came out against it. I was against it and then I was for it uh, to uh, flip-flop John Kerry there, but uh, <laughs> uh, when did you sort of get what you were looking for from him in terms of the emotional connection? Because I know that was always what was holding you back. I found what I was looking for. <laughs> And there's a key phrase. Slide of hand and twist of fate, baby. <laughs> exactly. There's a key phrase here. Um, and the reason why I found what I was looking for is because the time is right. I'll and, take you that. And, and that's, that's ultimately what I said uh, about... Latanzio, and I, I want to find exactly what I tweeted on this. All right, well, you're and, looking. And it was it was after it was after the, the the Columbus draw, and I said the time is now, the time is right. That this team played for him, you could tell the energy was there, and in order to take this momentum and build off of it, right, you have to inject him as the full-time manager. Now, does that mean he's going to manage this? squad for the next three years and I can promise you this when this new season kicks off if Charlotte FC has a bad start to the season hot seat immediate instant hot seat for sure because we we have a taste of winning in our mouths we we didn't make the playoffs we were not a, a winning team in the table this year but we got enough wins we actually got a lot more wins than draws and we just got that taste of winning in our mouth and we love it and we want it and we're not going to tolerate it if we don't get more 
wins to munch on next year, yeah. uh, you know, that then the, it's going to turn into a bitter taste and we're going to turn our wrath on CL one more time. We like it, we love it, and we want some more of it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Food, folks, and fun. We, we appreciate all of our tremendous friends of the show. Just want to give a shout out to, to y'all, all the listeners uh, of the show. There was like a, a vibe of, of thankfulness, a vibe of appreciation that I felt permeated through the Charlotte FC fan base after that 2-2 draw heading into Sunday's match against Red Bull. People were celebrating, yep. looking back at the full season, thanking friends, thanking family, thanking the club, thanking the players. Sharing their favorite memories. That exactly. was a big... It was almost like... I compared it... The reason... I would have liked just to beat, go out there and beat Red Bull and get the New York sweep. There were some things to play for, but ultimately, we still finished above Atlanta. And the fact of the matter is, after the Columbus draw, it was a sense of like senioritis had kind of set in. Like if you if you've been a, a graduating senior in high school, a little bit in college, but more of a high school thing, you know how it is. Like you've got your plans, you know what you're doing next year. You don't really have to like put in major effort the last few months of your senior in high school because it's all it's all said and done. You're just waiting to walk across that stage. And Charlotte was kind of done. They knew they weren't in the playoffs. They would have loved to get one more win on the road to, to cap it all off, but they didn't really. The team just didn't really play with the effort and the, and the skill and the talent. They didn't really show their best. And that's why Latanzio was so pissed after that match. Yeah, it was 42 points. You mentioned finishing ahead of Atlanta. Charlotte FC finishes in ninth. New England, the reigning Supporters' Shield yeah, champions. Yeah, the record setters. Finished behind Charlotte FC in 10th. And then Atlanta United, uh, 11th on the table. Charlotte's two points ahead of Atlanta, tied with New England. And remember, the tiebreaker in MLS. Wins, it, baby. It's wins. It's not goal differential. Charlotte FC, 13 wins on the season. New England, only 10. So that's the tiebreaker in that scenario. Now. That feels good to be ahead of New England. It just really does. Like, both of those. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I specifically grabbed that screenshot yeah. on the table to say, if you would have told me before the season in, on our debut episode right. that we would finish ninth ahead of both New England and Atlanta, I would say, you know what? That sounds like a pretty darn good season. As I'm reaching back in my mind, I think you projected 10. I did. And we finished ninth. Right, you right you right did as spot. well. I yeah, think okay. you were right in that. Okay. that. We, we both did. We were at Hooligans, Elizabeth. Maybe someday it'll open back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That right. day is not right. today. Pour one out for hooligans. What are you drinking, by the way? We kind of skipped over our beers. If we're at OMB, you know that John's got a Captain Jack every time, and I've got a Mechtoberfest for sure. Captain Jack will get you <laughs> If it's if it's Mechtoberfest, I'm drinking Mechtoberfest. If it's not, I'm drinking uh, Copper. That, that's kind of my go-to OMB order every single time. And, and we've got a pretzel. Beer and a, beer and a pretzel, get a pretzel with yeah. some mustard and some cheese. Some drums, some trumpet. Yeah, the, vi the vibe is here. Now, there, there's there's a few things that I that I wanted to get off my chest early and often in the show. I, I the, the first thing I've already done is say, sign the contract, get this deal done, let's move on with our lives. Dot the I's, cross the T's. And the second thing was I wanted to ask you about Christian Latanzio's post-game comments with Katie Witham. Yeah. On the, on the field, field after the match and his comments in the press conference as well afterwards. Uh, the quote in the press conference was, quote, he's planning to add stronger competition and more quality to the squad, which I thought was, was very interesting. On the field, he said, quote, I'm not happy. He went on to say, we have to play stronger than this. We need to improve the quality of players we have here. There's yeah. been a lot of consternation about what those quotes actually mean. I wanted to ask you how you took those quotes. 
I took it as not necessarily calling out any specific player, but just saying that when he found himself with a bunch of players that weren't really at their best here on a day when just the guys that he that he selected to start weren't ready, he didn't have as many options as he would have liked. And he did make a lot of subs. A lot of subs came in, and, yeah. and they weren't really much better. I, I tweeted you know? I yeah. tweeted from yeah. our, our show account. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. I tweeted, wow, Latanzio takes off Swiderski. Shit decision. When I look back right. at that moment... I was being selfish. It was the final 30 minutes of the year. I wanted to watch him play. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Me too. But you can see, if you did a rewatch, Swiderski was kind of spent. I mean, he, the guy's been going 110% uh, for the last month, including a few transatlantic flights in in there. And he was spent, and I think Latanzio knew it. I would have selfishly loved to see 30 more minutes of Carroll for sure. It was nice that Shinya came in, but I would have put Shinya in for Rios in that spot if it was up to me. Me too. Although Rios, I think he was still, he, Rios was still active for the last 30 minutes. Rios almost played his way into a new contract himself the, the last month of the season. I feel like if he would have got that goal where he was close, <laughs> it might have might have sealed the deal for him right there if he'd scored in three the last three matches, uh, six goals. But uh, overall, what I take from Latanzio's statement is not calling out any specific player. It's just calling out the depth and saying, and the other use he, word he used in that barrel of quotes was intensity. We need more intensity in the squad. So like, guys, he doesn't want anyone to feel safe. He doesn't want, as much as we love our, all our players, and I, I said I'm attached to all these guys now, almost all of them. I, I don't really have a left back attachment unless Jalen Lindsay moves over there, but or Adam Armour comes up and steps up big. But uh, I just don't want anyone to feel safe, and I don't think he does either. He doesn't want anyone to feel like they, like, Okay, I kicked ass in year one, and I'm gonna, I, I'm good. Like, he, I think he's trying to light a fire under Brant Bronico, because Brant, Brant could be a guy. And not that I would ever accuse BB13 of this, but like, he kicked ass this year. So like, you could see that sort of human instinct to just be like, okay, I earned my place, I made my name. Let me dial it back a notch and just cruise a little bit. I don't think that is that's not uh, co consistent with the grind set uh, philosophy that drives Brant's life. I don't think right. him specifically is gonna do that. But he's someone that I that could do that. And there's others on the squad that feel like they're in their place, and and he doesn't want any. He wants everyone to know that you got to come and fight for it again. Do you think that behind the scenes during these contract negotiations, Christian Latanzio is asking for funds to buy more players? I do, hope so. Do you think that this is part of this? Because I do. I, I think this is a cal calculated move from Christian Latanzio. The contract is not yet signed. He wants to improve his squad. Mm -hmm. David Tepper is busy dealing with the Panthers right now, but there needs to be a meeting Who? set. <laughs> oh, the, oh, <laughs> Tepper. Okay, Tepper. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be a meeting set. And my question is, that, again, about timing. What's the difference between MAR and Christian Latanzio so, saying okay. publicly that we need better players? It's the way uh, <laughs> one way was not safe for work, uh, and the other, yeah, you know. No, I, I know, but but take take the we are screwed quote out of it. Right, the Harry Potter quote. Take the know, Harry yeah. Potter quote out of it. This is the same thing. Right. Publicly saying well, that I want to improve my squad, and I'm going to need funds to do it. And I need to be very, very clear about this, is that on the television broadcast with Eric and Lloyd, it was mentioned more than once that David Tepper was willing to 
invest into the improvement in the squad. So there's there's I there is something being spoken about right. within those circles right. about money being spent and it was, transfer. Window. It was floated out in the week. It was floated out after the Columbus draw. The 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 word went out of Tepper's plans to spend even before we kicked off in New Jersey. I don't know. I think that I'm kind of listening to what you said 10 minutes ago. And then I'm listening to what you said 2 minutes ago. And I'm putting them together and I'm thinking what you're thinking now. I'm trying to put myself in your head and I'm like so maybe John's trying to say that the reason Latanzio hasn't dotted those I's and crossed those T's and signed the new contract is because he's waiting to see if the financial commitment actually does come through before he actually wants to do it. Or at least have a handshake deal. Yeah. Look him in the eye. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, we, exactly. Lo- we looked each other in the eyes yeah, yeah. and we had a promise. <laughs> yeah, that man to man, exactly, yeah. So I, ultimately I think he's going to sign the deal. Uh, I'm not trying to be dramatic about this, but if you are going to – and Christian Latanzio is going to be a manager who has options elsewhere. Maybe not as a head right. coach, but I think that he is a sought-after assistant a fallback plan for him could always be that, but this is his opportunity to be the main man, and I think right. he wants to make sure. And by the way, if I was his agent, I would tell him, make sure that this is the right situation right, for you. Right, because if you fail, you're not going to go get another. If, if Charlotte FC hits the wooden spoon last year and has regression, and he gets fired midseason, he's not going to go be a head coach somewhere else. He doesn't have the track record yet. He, he, he will be a career assistant for the rest of his life at that point. When, when, when Christian Latanzio, and maybe this, this goes to show some of um, who I am as a person, what type of sports fan I am, when he was pissed off after that match on Sunday, like I was, I never had liked him more than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, like when he did that post-game interview on the field and he right. was pissed, Everyone, right. Everybody else within the fan base was like, season's over, tough match, we accomplished so much. Christian Latanzio was like, not good enough, right. we need to be better, this is right. this is, this is not what I want. And so, I was like, that's what I want from my so manager. If I can paraphrase Harry from Dumb and Dumber, you were kind of thinking, Christian, just when I thought you couldn't get any more boring, <laughs> you go and lose to Red Bull New York and completely redeem yourself. <laughs> Yeah, like in a, I was impressed by his reaction to the loss, more so than I was impressed to his reaction to the draw. I think I think that he has. That's a take. I love that take. I I think that he has a lot of work to do when it comes to game day management as the rain starts to fall here. It's getting wet out here. It's it's still warm out here in the sixties. It feels good. Will the rain drive off the drummers? Is all we're kind of thinking here now. No, because if it rains this weekend. Uh, during the Independence game, yeah, they're going to drum through that, and they're yeah, going to jump through it tonight. Yeah. So I, there's there's so much to talk about on the podcast. I feel like this first segment has been fantastic. It set the tone for the off season. There's a lot to talk about. Remember, you can tweet us questions at for the Crown Baby. You can tweet Danny Brams at Danny Brams. You can tweet me at John Hayes on air. We're not going anywhere during this off season. We're going to do a full mailbag show. Make sure you get us those questions. Ooh. We're going to do uh, a taking the best segment we do and turn it into a full episode. That's genius. We're going, That's producing, we're, folks. We're going to do a a beers of the season Ooh. episode, an offbeat episode. Talk about our favorite breweries in town. Talk about the beers we like, why we like them. We're going to do that. Uh, we need to know from the people. Do you want a ranking of beers of the season or just sort of a, a re- uh, you know a more poetic recollection talking about our favorite beers. We, we're each going to have a top five. Okay. okay. We're, we're, we're each going to have a top five beers, but that's not going to be the full show. All right. 
you know, because the, the breweries, just because, say, Captain Jack is one of my favorite beers of the right. season, right? It's there might lot. be another brewery that doesn't have a beer of the season that I still want to talk about and tell people why they should go there. Charlotte has a ton of breweries. It's a great brewery scene. So we're going to do that. Something else that we're going to do is we're going to do some interviews. Danny Brams. I've got, yep. and I told you, my number one target this offseason. I know who it is. Are you going to reveal it? Or should we keep it quiet? We'll let's keep it let's quiet. wait till we lock it up before we say who the number one target is. But we actually have a few other people locked up that we know we want to talk to, and it's really just a matter of scheduling it. We've talked, we've kind of set tentative plans with a lot of good voices around the Charlotte FC community who we're going to try to bring in and, and share the mic with a little bit as we uh, navigate this offseason. This is our first offseason. What I love about a new project is that we still have many firsts left to go. Yes, we do. We still have our first off-season training, our first winter window, like after having played a season. Like there's still uh, paths along the journey left to go before we even kick the ball off again next year. And one of my biggest questions about this off-season is the MLS expansion draft. St. Louis is coming into the league. Oh, so who are we gonna leave unprotected? <laughs> oh. Wow, you just blew my mind. I had not even considered that, truthfully. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back after this from OMB in Loso. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at OMB, enjoying it. We got another round. Danny Cheers. Brams. Same, same uh, verse. Second verse, same as the first. I should say, uh, it's a McTober and a Captain Jack, and it's the way it goes around here. It's if what it you drink. If it ain't broken, be. don't fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I just wanted to share this tweet with you, Danny Brams, to you know give you some perspective on please the, the the sport of soccer and its growth here in the United States. Is is Eric Spanberg, someone that you and I know pretty well, knows his stuff. He works for the Business Journal, uh, he, the Sports Business Journal here in Charlotte. He says, per ESPN, an average of 343,000 people watched MLS games on ABC ESPN networks this season. That is a plus 16% jump from last year and the highest since 2007, wow. Danny Brams. Of the five matches on those networks, Five most watched matches on those networks, I should say. There's a lot more than five matches on those networks. The number four most watched game of the season, Charlotte versus New York Red Bulls, 568,000 on June 11th. TT was in the house, <laughs> and that's that's when we that's when we got to meet TT on the streets. It was great. Uh, what a, what a day that was. Um, what to say about that? There's a lot to say about that. It's Incredible! If you're so, I can say this from uh, what I know about the TV business. If you're comparing ratings in 2022 to ratings in 2007, that's pretty good because the options have exploded in the last 15 years. So, being able to pull the same viewership that you were doing that uh, you were doing 15 years ago is a big, big plus. Trust me, it may not seem like a lot, but it really is. And then the other thing I would say is that if that's just the abc espn numbers you can only imagine that the espn plus streaming numbers are up in similar regards and you know a lot more people are watching mls this year and i think it's great that 
for Apple, uh, from Apple's point of view, they're buying in at the right time. This is a league that is surging upwards. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, look at Charlotte as just a case study uh, across the nation. Like, I'm I'm not going to be the dumbass that sits here and predicts the the end of the NFL. But people are turning from the NFL to soccer. They just like it's not happening in massive numbers. It's not like some you know trend sweeping the nation. But it's just a trickle, and it's just happening, and it's. You know, all you need is a trickle of growth into MLS to blow up the MLS numbers because they're smaller. And I'm, I'm telling you, they agree with you, Danny. <laughs> to punctuate the point, like I said, I'm 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 not going to be some crazy prophet in the wilderness saying you know the NFL is doomed. I know that they're an unstoppable juggernaut. I get it, but MLS is that little engine that could that it, that keeps chugging along and it's picking up steam. Let's go back in time. Let's let's think about that game on the 11th. You mentioned TT Ortiz and assist to Ben Bender right before halftime. No, I mentioned TT Taylor Twelman. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was ta- I wasn't talking about TT Ortiz. I was talking about meeting Taylor Twelman on the streets of Charlotte after the match. That was in- that was that's the only TT in my heart anymore. Just before halftime, uh, Ben Bender. Puts one in the back of the net, gives Charlotte a 1-0 lead. And then in extra time, one minute into extra time, Derek Jones with the assist from Sergio Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's a blast from the past name. We definitely have to – we need to do an episode about the, the three departed midfielders, you know, because Sergio kind of gets a pass from a lot of people when I put him in the same boat as Franco and, T- and uh, Ortiz at this point. But – Regardless, that was a great moment. I, a lot of people thought Sergio should have shot, but he did a nice little layoff, and Derek Jones was able to just do a little tap in for his goal. And I love that. For, I loved that moment for DJ. That that was uh, that was when, kind of his coming out party. That was when he first sort of started yeah, started to show a flash. He still he didn't go into the starting lineup right away after that, but that's when we we're like, okay, Derek Jones is a, is a good asset that we have for sure. And and he he was a good second half sub in that match. He continued to be uh, a great asset for Charlotte FC all yep. the way up into the final game. He didn't have his best performance against Red Bulls in that return match uh, on the road. Who did? But not many people. Who did. even played good in that match against Red Bulls? I, I, Nuno, 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 maybe? I, I think Nuno that there's Santos? one person that stood out to me as not playing well, but playing super hard, and it was the Bulldog. Uh, the Polish Bulldog, of course. And, and he, he his rating on SofaScore was terrible. It was actually like the lowest rating on the squad. But he was working his ass he off. He was trying. And I, and I respect that's, him for that. I, that's how Yuz Viak kind of like earned his his place in, in, in our hearts. It's just through sheer effort. Because I'm here to tell you, his skills leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> but his effort cannot be questioned. The, the good news is, is if you want to look at this with a, a beer glass half full, I'm, we're pretty full now. But <laughs> think about it if it's I'm half full. I'm always ready for a half full glass, yeah. Because he somewhat underperformed this year, he's he's no one's interested in him. The, the Polish <laughs> national team is not interested right, in him. Right, yeah, he's not going back to the yeah. championship. Right, he is Chris, He can be Christian Latanzio's project. Right, yeah, he could benefit a lot from that extra week or so of practice that they plan to do before the holidays and, and, and a full a full right. preseason training, which right. he did not have. Right, full health. He, hopefully his ankle is all cleared up. Like, it, it's tough to like, even when your ankle, if you have a bad ankle injury and it's quote unquote healed, it's still hard to trust it right away. I would, I would imagine. I mean, I'm not an athlete, but I have had you know injuries before, and I, I like, 
when you when you have something when you have a recovery from something that was a bad pain and a bad injury like it's going to take some time even when you're back to quote unquote full strength you still mentally are not quite there and so I think all of that's going to only serve to benefit Camille uh, going into 2023. Make sure you tweet us at for the crown baby use hashtag for the crown as well. We're going to ask a couple questions for the remainder of the show. We're going to ask what are you excited about heading into the offseason? What are you a little bit concerned about? What are you nervous about heading into the offseason? Who are the unsung heroes? Who are the unsung some supporters? Who are we going to shout out? Who deserves some love on the podcast as we, we finish this this inaugural should season? Should we talk a little Champions for League Charlotte as well? FC. We should talk Champions League because I've got a take. Ooh, I love a spicy Champions League take. Is, is the paperwork for the Super League still, uh, still <laughs> can they, out there? Can, can they get the Super League going? Yeah, that, that's a little hint to that. And let's pick the MLS Cup playoffs before we get out of here as well. Danny Brams, you can see in the show description, Danny Brams, he put out a... A challenge. A challenge, really. yeah. yes. Yeah. Exactly right. He the said, gaunt. come beat me. See, that's it. What he said was... <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. Come get me, baby. Me, I call, just call me Jon Snow uh, facing down the army of the dead, for sure, the wildlings, like with my one sword. I'm not worried about it. I I feel like I know MLS better than I know almost any professional sports league out there. After, after the last few years of just really becoming such a, a major MLS fan, I feel very in tune. I think I know what's going to happen in these playoffs. I picked a couple upsets, but I went chalk in a few places too. But I have a an off-the-wall title pick that I think will – blow people's minds when they see it and it might also give a little encouragement for Charlotte FC next year so we'll see so to stay in the moment hint hint heading into the next three four months what are you most excited about as we head into this offseason for Charlotte FC for soccer in general I don't think it just has right. it doesn't have it can be you can pick Charlotte, something Charlotte FC focused or something bigger than Charlotte FC that's connected maybe with the dotted line because I've got an idea what I'm most excited about and this is going to surprise some people because I've kind of poo-pooed this on Twitter, for sure I have. I have probably a little bit in the show also. But what I'm truly most excited about for the Charlotte FC offseason is Carol Swiderski getting to go be on the World Cup team for Poland. I don't know how much he's going to play. He could play more than I think. That would be certainly possible. But even in the training sessions, that osmosis of learning from Robert Lewandowski, who's one of the, still one of the premier strikers, had an amazing Champions League game today for Barcelona. If you saw, he just like just like poured it on at the end like when the game was kind of up up uh up to be grabbed by the neck in the last 20 30 minutes Lewandowski said let me grab this thing by the neck and just started scoring some late goals that was amazing so Carol getting to sort of just learn just just to take the osmosis just like get the Robert Lewandowski like oozes class as a striker so like if Carol can just like be as close to him as possible for the month or whatever that Poland is in Qatar doing trainings and like that that can only benefit Charlotte FC and in this playmaker Poland has some nice playmakers too I'm thinking of Zielinski one of the best players in Serie A who is someone who Carol can learn from so like that as much as I poo-pooed like how much he might actually get minutes he he's going to improve Charlotte FC just by spending time in the World Cup training camp of the Polish national team my number one excitement for sure and, and when you know that Lewandowski is, is going to be playing the striker position. You've got to figure out how Swiderski gets on the pitch. And the way he gets on the pitch is exactly how we play with Dan Daniel Rios. Mm -hmm. Daniel Rios was the the Robert Lewandowski for Charlotte FC. The hold up. 
man. at the end yeah. of the year. The, the target man. The, the target man. Long balls the striker. Yeah. The guy who's literally out there for one reason. Right. To be big in the box and score goals. Swiderski learned to play off of him. Yeah. And if Swiderski can bring that to the Polish national team, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a second-half sub. Maybe Swiderski getting in the game against Mexico. Be amazing. In that, in that opening Poland match. Yeah. If he scores against Mexico, what if he Trust comes me. in the second half and scores? I will. I'll jump off my couch for sure. Which, by the way, I'm excited for the World Cup too. It was the last World Cup in 2018 where we were in a pool together. Yeah. Are we doing that pool again? I'm running that pool. Yeah. I'll be running the fa- the World Cup fantasy pool. It's. I'm gonna put it out there. I have a lot of. I have like probably 30, 40 people that have played in this pool every year. I'm gonna open it up to the tifos as well. So it's gonna probably. I have to score it kind of manually. Details to come on that. But there's a really fun World Cup player pool that gives everyone kind of a, a shot where you're not necessarily picking games. Oh, I loved it. But it's, yeah, you pick, you pick a player from each team, basically. And, and it, it works out pretty well. I'll explain it more later. But, yeah, I can't wait to do that one. Do you know, and I think you should take credit for this, do you know what that pool did for my wife, Rachel? It turned her into a soccer fan. That was her introduction to becoming a soccer fan. So if there's somebody in your life, if you're a t- TIFO out there, if if you know family and or friends who you want to convert into soccer fans, introduce them to the World Cup. Yeah. Because this is what it's all about. And this this fantasy pool that we're going to put together and that I'll put out there gives you action every day. You have someone playing in every single game, which is nice. So, yeah, you have two people playing in every single game. So, and I would say this, though. I know this. That was when you and Rachel were still dating. Yes. You were not married at the time. So I think she was, and it was kind of early in your dating, yeah, if, I, don't, was, if I remember correctly, yeah. four and a half years ago. Yeah. So she was just trying to impress you, I think. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I need to learn about soccer so I can bag this stud, John Hayes, and, you know, steal the deal. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. We'll have to ask. Uh, something that I'm excited about, Danny Brams, and I'll stay on brand here, um, and it is... Adam Armour, his return to the squad. That's what you're most excited yeah, about? Yeah, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is we can't predict who is is going to be an incoming player. We can't predict who is going to be an outgoing player. What we do know is that Adam Armour is, is part of the future of this program, of this franchise, and it's been a long, tough road from mm-hmm. the opening goal of the season at Atlanta rising up in the box scoring that headed goal to now where he's that comfortable not fully in training but but will be there soon he's so incorporated with the squad even throughout this injury like he's like doing stuff in the office they're making videos of him like in a in a mustache and glasses disguise the other day i saw that was pretty hilarious like he's so engaged and part of the squad he was, the, he was the only player to show up to the Brawny Bro 13 party a couple months ago, which was like, that was, I got to give, I got to give Adam Armour a bro hug, and I, I don't, it was definitely unsolicited. I'm sure he felt like, why is this guy giving me a bro hug? But I didn't care. I gave Adam Armour a bro hug, and I feel like a better person for it. So what are you concerned about? My biggest concern, it's pretty obvious, my biggest concern is that things don't go the way we want to with the commitment from David Tepper. I'm concerned that things are such a mess with the NFL project that he's got going, and that's taking up all his time and resources and money he's going to have to go into that. And he, He's plotting a whole strategy on how he's going to salvage this NFL team that's really sunk down to becoming one of the worst in the, that league. And I worry that because the stakes are so much higher with that, in, as much as I have a bit going of that I don't recognize the Charlotte or the Carolina Panthers, 
I'll say that name just to just to <laughs> put it out there that I do know who they are. But I'm a little bit worried that like, yes, there's so much more money and like having a bad NFL team is is a big drain on the community more so than a soccer club's trials and travails. So I worry that Tepper's gonna be so focused on NFL that he leaves the Panthers out to the Charlotte FC out to dry this offseason. That would that would be tough, and and yes, that's a, that's a real concern. That's my number one concern. And, and as as you talk about the Panthers and Charlotte FC, in the same sentence, what I would encourage our listeners to do is I would go check out Scott Fowler's <laughs> column in the Charlotte Observer this week. It was great. Charlotte FC is mentioned in there as a success story. Right. And I thought that was very interesting for somebody who's been in the town this long, covering sports this long, to after the first season say it's an unquestionable success. Yeah. Well, what I would say to Mr. Tepper then is like, hey, don't throw good money after bad. Invest in your successes. Don't try to invest in your failures. At this point, the Panthers are what they are, and it's going to take multiple drafts and free agency seasons to bring them back. Uh, the, The Panthers are down bad in the parlance of our times they're in the mud in the parlance of our times they're they're gone astray and they're not coming back for a long damn time so don't waste a bunch of money trying to after a lost cause that is going to have to like the the bottom's not here if you're a pan if you're a carolina panthers fan you have not seen the worst the worst is still yet to come for charlotte fc it's completely different story so don't so let's let's invest in what's working not in what's not my biggest concern is that the supporters who are fence-sitting on renewing their season tickets and showing up for year two decide, well, it was just a a one-year wonder. Mm -hmm. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was a fling. But you know, back to yeah. back to regular life here. In the we'll Queen always City. have that. Fi- we'll always have Danny Rios's four goals. But I can't I can't shell out for that again. So people might be thinking that. That's my my concern because season ticket prices rise. Yeah. And I've been reading a lot. And listen, I I, I don't want to get into this, but I'm very aware of our country's economic conditions and forecasts. People probably have a lot less money uh, to spare in the end of 2022 than they did at the beginning of 2020. Let's let's say that Inflation is here, and the word recession is being thrown around for 2023. No, I couldn't fault anyone if if financially they just couldn't do it again, but that is a good concern because I, I worry about that as well. And I think, like... I, I don't want to take for granted how special of a place we turned the keep into this year. And yet, I know, just like I mentioned earlier in this episode, like, I don't want players to get complacent and think they, they've earned their spot and they don't have to work hard anymore to stay in the squad. We have not earned anything. Like, we have to come back and do it all over again next year as supporters, yep. as the Mint Street End, as the Queens Guard, as the TFOs. To fill the keep, to protect the keep, it's, it starts. It starts today. It's it's a whole new effort. We're not defending anything. We're going and chasing something yet again. The watch never ends. Right, exactly. And now his watch has ended is a phrase you will never hear in this fan base because the watch just goes on and on. It renews every year. Unless the only that would be a good term, and we'll do that for whenever we have. A, excuse me. Whenever we have a player that retires. Yeah, yeah, now his watch has ended, yeah. Could we do, this is a great question, could we do an entire episode that was just you and I reciting Game of Thrones quotes back and forth to each other with no other commentary? That'd be amazing. We could do that for sure. 
We absolutely could. So those are two things to think about. Let us know at For the Crown Baby. What, what, what are you excited about? What are you worried about? We'll share those on the next episode as well. And before we get into some Champions League discussion, some Premier League discussion, let's talk about some unsung heroes. I think we should at least pick one or two people and or groups that deserve credit for stepping stepping it up. Sure. Um, I'm happy to start. And hit me, hit me. I, I, mine is going to make every, uh, mine might make you cringe, so let me let you go first. <laughs> mine is uh, the Blue Furia. I, I think that their, I love it. their energy is contagious. Mm-hmm. And top of my supporters group power rankings all season long, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so I, I just, I just I'm, I'm, I'm a card carrying member as well. Part of the royal family. Shout out to, to, to all the supporters groups. Right. Who's, who's Not a competition, but they won it. Great work this year. <laughs> but there's just something about the Blue Fury that just right. like it, it hits home. When I when I see them vibing, it's it's exactly what I want, it's exactly what I need. Because to them, to the members of the Blue Fury more than any other group, why I always say they're number one in my rankings is because it really is about the outward expression of their fandom above all else, above any concerns of Oh, someone gonna look at me weird because I'm being really loud, because I'm banging this drum, because I'm chanting in a language they don't understand. There's no worry about that at all. It's, it's they're they're, they're not there to put on a show necessarily. It's not like they're doing it to be seen. They're doing it because they can't help but give that outward expression. Like they have to be vocal about their love of this club. And there was a great article we mentioned. There was a great great article featuring Sombrero Man in uh, the uh, Charlotte Observer recently. I believe it was Alex Zeitlow wrote the article. Uh, we retweeted it. Like, that was really cool about, like, how the sort of the Hispanic and just the cosmopolitan, just the worldwide community that lives in Charlotte sort of found a way to uh, latch onto this club. It was really awesome. And nobody represented that better than, than the people of the Blue Furia. I'll let you go next I'm because with I don't want to steal yours if it is. So I got to give a shameless homer shout-out to a guy that I don't even really know that well, but I know I'm familiar with his work, and that's Woody Wilder. Director of Communications for Charlotte FC. This guy's been working behind the scenes to put out information about this club, to pump this club, to uh, set right some wrongs uh, about this club. People that were talking a lot of trash. You know, we like the media was pretty down. The national media was way down on Charlotte FC at the start of the season. That cannot have been easy to deal with as a communications director and just like firing a coach a few weeks into your inaugural season. That's got to be tough for a first-time communications guy. So. Uh, shout out to Woody. He's, he seems like a really great guy. We've interacted on Twitter a little bit. I've talked to him on the phone one time. I can't wait to just uh, share a beer with him in real life. And he's a great uh, service to this club. He did, he did a great hell of a job. My, I agree with you, by the and way. And you know I love to be contrarian. I love I love to, to like, you know, I'll throw stones at yeah. the club. I'll throw Molotov cocktails all day. But in my heart of hearts, I really appreciate the work that's being put in. My other... And I wouldn't call her an unsung hero, but I want to put her heroism into perspective. You want to sing her praises? And it's Jessica Sharman. And the reason why that I want to give a shout out to Jess specifically is not because she's a badass broadcaster. Which she is. Every time Charlotte FC played a match, she drove eight hours. <laughs> right, right. She did the loop. Eight hours. Yeah. Every match. Yeah. Eight hours. But even road matches. Even like even though she does, she lives in Atlanta, right? She's been open about that on 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 uh, Crown Corner, like, and so yeah. But even for a road match, she had to drive from Atlanta to Charlotte to call the match from the studio here. 
Eight hours. Yeah. Every match. Yeah. In traffic. Not easy to do, and I, I don't think we should overlook that. And yeah, she's doing it for her career. She's she's she. There's a there's a selfish aspect to it. And trust me, when I say selfish, just trust me. I do not mean that in a negative light. I'm in this business. Right. Danny's in this business. Everybody has career goals. Right. And closed mouth don't get fed. You got to be a little selfish. Your commitment to doing this job and <clears throat> doing it well. Respect. Yeah. I I hope the ra- I hope all our broadcasters can continue to call the games next year. There's, it's up in the air. But I, I as much as I grew attached to the players, I grew attached to both commentary teams and you know, I, I, all respect to Eric and Lloyd. I love those guys. We've been able to actually spend like we actually got to hang out with Will and Jess a few times. So I feel a little bit closer to them just in terms of like we spent some time together. I'd love to get the two of us and all four of them together. And just have like a night. That would be a wild, fun, fun night. Open invite to all four of y'all, please. I I just have one piece of advice for television broadcasters. And I'm not talking about Eric and and Lloyd. I, I think that there is a trend in the business where people take play by play commentary and they turn it into a talk show. Let the game speak for itself. That's why everybody's there. Right, that's why I'm there. <laughs> it's the only reason I'm there is to watch the beautiful game. Don't overthink it. We love the game. There's, there's plenty of time for opinion making. There's plenty of time for interviews. There's plenty of time for discussion. You got opinions, come share them on this show. <laughs> Let's go. We're that's not broadcasting during the game. Yeah, that's what the time. Because we can't call the game. I wouldn't be able to call this a soccer game to save yeah. my life. I've called football games. I've called baseball games. I've never called a soccer game. I think it's. I think it's one of the most difficult things to do. Yeah. The action never stops. Right. And it it can spin on a dime for and, sure. And you can go back in our podcast feed. Will Pelagic was kind enough. Jessica Sharman's uh, co-host, partner, the play-by-play man for Charlotte FC on WFNZ. He joined you, Danny Brams, on this very podcast. What a to night talk we about had. their strategy. <laughs> What a night we had at Kraft. Uh, just, just an absolute. I, that was right before Will moved to South Carolina too, unfortunately. Which uh, you know, you got to do it. But <laughs> man, I wish I could go back to Kraft. He he walked to Kraft uh, that night and was able to walk home when he lived in Uptown. So yeah. Is there anybody that we want to talk shit on to end the show? Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's people I could talk shit on. <laughs> I definitely could, but I don't want to. Me neither. It's, we it's, talked enough shit this it's year. It's a good vibe. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we we'll save that for a later date here on the podcast and um let me shout out my guy let me get with one more my one more shout out let me shout out lee lee and jt from charlotte fc fan tv cltfc fan tv see i'm in disagreement here i i love the work they did i got an issue with me i love the work they did i got you know i got an issue with them dan danny is because at hooligans he gave me shit before the match (laughs) over what for acting like i turned down the opportunity to go on his show. You were out of town. <laughs> I, did, I was not privy to that conversation. You were right there. You just had one too many pops. I was too popped. Point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, he's like, oh, you, you you turned down the opportunity to come on my show. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't. I literally was like way out of town and didn't have the opportunity right. to do it. Right. Well, I, I was able to go on. I thought I spoke for both of us when I went on the show. I, th- I had a lot of fun talking to those guys. The top in ninety guys and the fans. I'm TV just guys. kidding, Lee. You're the man. Watch, by the way, one of the one of the most the biggest moments of the year exactly was when Lee got the Tottenham Liverpool yes, match. Yes, that was amazing. Which, by the way, was the match that basically decided the Premier League last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And they were if if you missed that episode that we talked about it in the tap room, 
they were playing like some a halftime show of an NBA game or something like that last spring and Tottenham was playing Liverpool in a huge match and we're like we need we need Tottenham on the big screen we need Tottenham Liverpool on the big screen and Lee just happened to walk right past us in the in the tap room and he made a phone call and he was get Tottenham on the screen and like two seconds later it was there so props to him for that they did great work after the I just love talking to those guys after the games and just like a couple times I didn't go on and talk to him but I walked by just to see what people were doing and every time like those guys are out there sort of like creating a, like a post game place to just go sound off and if you watch the edited videos they're so fun they're just great. like because you really like that taught me so much about the way people think about the fan base because like it that keeps me from getting a myopic viewpoint because it's such a diverse range of opinions like there's people that like there's people that love Charlotte FC that think Carroll is not good and it's like that blows my mind because I think he's like <laughs> our best player but like it's just funny like you need to be aware you need to be on point with all these different opinions that are swirling around the fan base and that show always gives me a way to check in with that Real talk, Lee, I've got no problem with you whatsoever. You're an awesome guy. You do great things for the club. And by the way, if the invitation's still there, I'd love to come on the show. Yeah, I want to see you season. on that show, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that we could talk about. Uh, not just for Charlotte FC, for Tottenham Hotspur. Right, exactly. For the Premier League. Spurs up. A lot of soccer uh, conversation. It's come on you Spurs, by the way. I don't think we can speak to Spurs. <laughs> I think that's the San Antonio Spurs that you Spurs up. And that's a perfect transition into some... European football to finish out the show tonight, Danny Brands. Yep. And let's start with Champions League match week. It's Wednesday evening. Two match days this week now finished. And it's did that, you get a chance to see any of these? I games? did watch a lot of the Champions League action. It's that weird fourth game in the group stage where you're you're playing uh, uh, the reverse fixture of the team you just played. So the teams are kind of super familiar with each other. And I I, I don't I'll be honest. I love the Champions League. I absolutely adore Champions League soccer, European nights. My One of my dreams is to uh, go to Europe on a vacation next year, and, and when I'm there, I want to see a Champions League game. I haven't picked which one yet, but I can't wait to do it. I know it's going to happen. So, like, that's very much in my – like, I love the Premier League, but Champions League is, like, the best of the best. Everybody knows that, right, if you follow soccer. Well, I got I got to say, I'm a little disappointed in what I'm seeing from the UCL this year. It, it seemed like this week specifically, a lot of teams were playing for draws. A lot of teams were receiving unnecessary red cards. A lot of complaining and a lot of bad football. Right. And I'm asking myself, is there a better way to do this? I'm supposed, I, supposed I, to be watching the elite competition on the globe. Instead, I'm watching bad football with poor discipline and absurd score lines right. that read 6-1. It's like mismatches. It's like they're letting a lot of bad bad teams into Champions League cuz they're trying to they're trying to expand the Champions League. I think they even are going to add more teams in few in upcoming years. I believe expansions on the way there. And it's like you're letting in teams that can't really compete with the best of the best. And so all of a sudden it, it loses that uh, that sort of elite status for me. Like it's like because like if you're if you are just a casual soccer fan and you think what's the best ter- competition in the world you probably think the World Cup. World Cup's great. It's fun. It's all players playing for their national teams. That's what it's all about. But it's not the best of the best. There's there's teams in the World Cup that are not as good as some of the best club teams. So you think like Champions League is supposed to be the best of the best. You're you're always expecting to see top level matches and like that should go you know you're going to be okay in the knockout rounds you know the champions league knockouts are always going to deliver but you don't want to settle for subpar product in the group stage i don't know what the solution is 
is there a solution? Probably not. And the Super League joke that I made earlier in the show, I don't think that's the solution for what it's worth. I was in favor of the Super League, by the way. You were? I loved it. Yeah. Unironically thought the Super League was a tremendous idea. I think they should have had some relegation aspect to it, but other than that, I loved it. You put it that way, if there's a relegation aspect to it, yeah. I, I can, I can get into it. They just made it like two leagues, 40 teams instead of 20, and have a Division One, Division Two. but whatever. You, you know what is a, a, a not even a, a blip on the radar is Champions League qualification. Those matches, people don't even realize they happen. Right. I think that what the UCL should You're talking do, about the pre-group stage, like yes. the, the really small nation teams, like the the second team in Croatia against the champions of Luxembourg are playing to see if they can get in the group stage and stuff like that. I think the Europa spots in the Premier League should have the opportunity to go to Champions League qualification if they want. They can make a decision. Do I go to Champions League qualification or do I go to Europa? That's really interesting. I hadn't considered that. And you do that potentially with the second biggest league in the world, which at this point, La Liga? I would say Bundesliga. Bundesliga? But yeah, with Messi gone from Barcelona and Ronaldo gone from Real, I think Bundesliga is probably, even though it's not that great of soccer, but then again, neither is La Liga, but those are the two competing for top, for second place to me. The Serie A fans are probably pissed off listening uh, yeah, to the show Yeah, and guess right what? Now. Good. <laughs> Serie A is, is barely, is competing with the French League for fourth and falling behind. I just think there should be more Premier League teams... If the unbalance of football continues to play out the way it is now, there has to be changes made in order to make the, the UCL, UCL group stages more competitive. We want to see the best of the best. Maybe there needs to be two group stages with the best teams getting a bye to that second group stage and, and go from there and have, you know, I don't know. There's, there's ways to do it for sure. I don't want to rig the game in favor of big clubs necessarily. I love a Cinderella story, but like we're watching bad football, like you said, and that's the problem. Speaking of Premier League, another match week this weekend. A, a run of insane fixtures before the World Cup. Yeah. And Arsenal has not taken its foot off the gas. No, Danny baby. Grabs. No. How are you feeling right now as an Arsenal supporter? I, uh, it's feeling a lot like 2004, baby. <laughs> what can I say? You know, like we're, I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of invincible. I know we did already take one L, but the team is just like. So I'm an Arsenal fan because I always I have this theory that like your Premier League fandom is kind of dictated if you're an American, your Premier League fandom is kind of dictated by when you became a fan of the league. Like, and I, if if you're an Arsenal or Man United fan, it usually means you sort of really started paying attention to Premier League in the early 2000s. Whereas if you're like more if you showed up around like 2008 to 2015, you're more likely to be a Chelsea fan. And after 2015, you're more likely to be like Tottenham or Manchester City. That's kind of the so, way I see it. So I don't fall into this mold for what it's worth. Okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm just yeah. saying in general. Yeah. I'm just saying in general. Uh, yeah. No, because I think it you, makes sense. I don't know why you pick Spurs necessarily, but I can tell because you why. Because Robbie I, Keane, the Irish striker. I like that. I, I love that. Yeah. He uh, just happened. He, he was the Irish striker. Aaron Gobra. Let's you know. <laughs> let's fucking go. The Emerald Isle all day. But uh, I and, became, and then Gareth Bale really got me hooked. If I'm being honest with you. Like as soon as Bale got to Spurs after, and, someone and play, to cheer for, and like it was just like, whoa, here's fucking world class right in your face. Yeah, yeah, and the Spurs actually had Modric back in the day too. They back, did, yeah, they way did. back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan, so Spurs are considered you know a rival, and I don't really have a lot of love for them. I like to talk shit, 
But the reason I'm an Arsenal fan is because I started really following the Premier League back when Bergkamp and Henri and Perez were like the running the show for Arsenal in the in late 90s, early 2000s, and then they had the Invincible season where they never lost a game. And that just, and I played I played a lot of FIFA. Yeah, and oh. I use Henri on FIFA, and that that's gonna you know like. Speaking of FIFA, you were you uh you're back in the game as of I today, did. Aren't I you? caved. I finally caved. I should have done it a week and a half ago when the game launched because I knew I was going to eventually. But like, yeah, I had a I had a uh, I I I, I downloaded FIFA. Yeah, it's it's waiting for me. In fact, I started the download before I came out here, and it's it's waiting for me when I get back to the house to start playing and build my ultimate team. So you can come find me on Xbox for sure uh, in the FIFA streets. But but yeah, so like. Arsenal. What all of that is just a tangent to say that like it's starting to feel like that fun, exciting Arsenal team again. We have so much young talent from Saka to Martinelli to Smith Rowe, who's not back yet, but he will be. Uh, Gabby Jesus was the perfect signing, you know. Like uh, Odegaard is just off his rocker, playing yeah. at the insane next level. The pass from Odegaard to set up the first goal versus Liverpool, I. I almost I almost melted into a puddle on, on my living room floor. I was like, this was just so amazing. So I'm loving what Arsenal's doing. And They're the boss is doing a nice job too. Exactly. Mikel Arteta, you know, like he's looking very vangerish at the moment. Like I'm all for Arteta and I, I I've always been a big fan of his. I you know, he's an FA Cup legend in the in the red and white and like for sure he's got the squad where it needs to be. The win against Liverpool was amazing. Won the North London Derby. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, it just like everything's good, but now we got to go and do it again. Like the theme of this episode is you haven't proven anything, and until you win the league, you haven't won the league. So we got to go at Leeds United next Sunday, and I know you chastised me last episode for not having the off the top of my head uh, who Arsenal's playing, but this time I'm well <laughs> well aware we're going at Leeds on Sunday, 9:30 a.m. Eastern. Nice. And uh, can't wait. And Leeds Leeds is the team. Uh, Leeds is a team a lot of uh, American fans are adopting right now. If you're just brand new to the Premier League, oh, to yeah. follow through that analogy, a lot of like brand new 2022 Premier League fans are latching onto Leeds for that American contingent, which Absolutely. is amazing. And I love what Leeds is doing, but they got out to, a, I believe, a 2-0 lead, lead last week and then ended up losing 3-2, if I'm not mistaken, or at least it was a draw. You can double-check me on that, but... The pro, like I love Aronson. Like they, they, in fact, they conceded right after they subbed off Brendan Aronson. So I would say, in the future, don't do that, Jesse. But like, uh, Leeds is really fun, fun team to watch, and they have all these Americans, which is great. But like, if you're trying to beat Leeds, all you really have to do is sort of like withstand the first 60 minutes, and they they just completely run out of gas. They've given up a ton of late goals, and they're pretty easy to beat in the last 30 minutes of a match. So, not too worried. I think Arsenal stays top of the table after this upcoming week. Upcoming week that starts on Friday. Nothing like a Friday afternoon football match. Three o'clock kick. Brentford hosting Brighton Hove and Albion. Which, by the way, Brighton sitting uh, at number seven on the table. Uh, a great start to the season. Although they're Graham Potterless at this point. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 going to sink like a stone. I have a bad feeling. And you know who's going to be watching that match on Friday? Friday night in in jolly old England. Who's that? Our guy Billy the Bee. He will. Billy the Bee is going to be locked in for sure. I know he's out there listening. Our number one British fan of the show. He's going to be coming on with us. He's been, Billy the Bee has been to every single World Cup. I think he said since Mexico. I'm not 100% sure in 86. But, like, we're going to have Billy B on the show to talk some World Cup World later Cup this preview. year. Yeah, Let's exactly. Do a World Cup Lock it in. Yeah. With Billy B. That would yeah. be a fantastic I think he's going to guitar as well. Yeah, so. That certainly would. So that's going to kick things off on Friday. And then on Saturday, we've got MLS Cup. 
Ooh. We've got MLS Cup. Can't wait. That starts on Saturday. New York Red Bulls against Cincinnati. LA Galaxy against Nashville. A, a, a four-game slate of Premier League soccer as well. Tottenham at home against Everton. Tottenham, Tottenham haven't lost at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium so far this season in any competition. So I don't want you to have to reveal all your picks for the uh, the MLS contest that we're running, which I'll, I'll retweet that link uh, later, right before it launches this weekend. But just give me, before we get out of here for this show, who is your West champion, East champion? Who's going to face off for MLS Cup in the final? East champion is Montreal. The impact. Club de foot de Montreal. <laughs> you know, exactly. I just, Let's go. I don't know. I just like. They're and, a scary team. And, and it's a hunch for me. Yeah. Only because what I saw from them this season was like really strong football right and when they wanted to play and they're playing well they came out and made a statement on decision day they, they could have easily just coasted and like conserved energy for the playoffs and they came out and got a really dominant win last Saturday, Sunday excuse me and what I love about Montreal uh, Club de Foot de Montreal is they have Jordi Mihailovic and Jordi Mihailovic is a guy that should be on the U.S. men's national team there's no doubt there's no two ways about it I have no clue why GGG has not called him up uh, it's absolutely insane to me. He's been bat- he's battled through multiple injuries this season and just keeps on trucking along, scoring goals, getting assists. He's like he's legit. Like I, you and can, there's a partnership there, by the way, you, that he wor- he works with somebody on that pitch that I wanted to call out. Well, you can five. you can say that MLS is a lower level competition, but like Georgi Mihailovic, maybe he doesn't deserve to start, but he deserves to be on uh, going to Guitar with the U.S. National Team. Victor Wanyama is the reason. Oh, why I like Montreal. your Spurs boy, yeah, exactly. No, but realistically, I want when you watch a Montreal game, Wanyama is the most physical presence on the field. He's dominant. He yeah. is a beast in the midfield, and he had an 8.0 rating. I can tell you this: he's Sunday. already come out and said that he's not coming back to Montreal next year. He's looking to look for other options elsewhere in the world. He won't be in MLS next year, and. Maybe Montreal goes and wins one for the for the for for old Victor. Let, let's go, let's go win it for for old Wani. If, if he knows Wani this is last year, he he wants yeah, a trophy. He might ball out. He might go, get that trophy. Yeah, go, go get a trophy. Who's your West champ? You know, it's so hard, Danny Brams, to to not pick LAFC. Is it? For me, it is. I just think when you when you look at their roster and you think about who they right. have. In a knockout competition. Right. And they can bring Gareth Bale off the bench if they need to. Like, for me, that is incredibly difficult to say anybody besides them. So I'm going to LAFC. All right. Well, I actually like your Montreal pick, and I matched it. I have. I think Philadelphia, you, I, there's a long history of the Supporter Shield winners, and although uh, LAFC did win the Supporter Shield, not Philadelphia, but there's a long history of teams having a great regular season. And uh, and choking in the playoffs in MLS, right. so it's really all about who's like getting hot. And I like my boys in Verde, down in Austin, to get hot when it matters most here. I think they have they have one of as much as as great as Vela and Bale are. They're kind of at the end of their careers, whereas Driussi for Austin is kind of just hitting his prime. Right. And so I'm not going to say he's a better player than those two. Those two are way more accomplished than him in the in the game of soccer. But I just love what Driussi brings to the table, and I love what Austin's done as an expansion team that was fighting, you know, they had to fight their way off the bottom last year. They almost went wooden spoon. They didn't quite, but they were, you know, in the run, more closer to the wooden spoon than the playoffs. And now they've had just this great year. I think it caps off. I think they make the run. I think they upset LAFC. And I think it's Austin versus Montreal in the finals. I think it's 
Philadelphia chokes it away, LAFC chokes it away, and we have just an amazing uh, near worst to first story. Austin FC wins MLS Cup in their second season. Would they be at Montreal in that scenario? They would, yeah. Uh, I'd have to double check. I, I, let me check the standings. That's a good call. That's a really good call because that is one of the quirks of MLS is that the championship game is played in a home stadium, which a lot of people have a problem with. But until you've seen a near empty neutral stadium for the final. And they finished third and fourth. Okay. Montreal third, Austin fourth. So, you know, I don't love the idea of MLS Cup being decided north of the border necessarily, but, uh, and I know Q, Q2 Stadium in Austin is a really cool spot. I have a lot of friends in Austin and they, they go to games. And so I'm, I'm going to pull for them. I'm pe- until they lose, I think Drews, he's got this. Well, if you're a little bit depressed, if you're a little bit sad that the Charlotte FC season is over, I, I got news for you. Buckle up because it is nonstop soccer for the next two months. And we're not going anywhere. This show is sticking around. We're having way too much fun to just, like, go on hiatus. Hell no. We're going to be here talking about it all. It's a huge match week this weekend in the Premier League. Obviously, the MLS Cup is here as well. And everything will culminate in Qatar or Qatar, whatever you want to say, in December. And then you know what's going to happen right after that? Boxing Day fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and every uh, premier, well, every Premier League player who's in the World Cup, you, you can expect them to bet, to sit out those Boxing Day fixtures for sure. But, yeah, and then MLS comes back late February. It comes back like February 23rd, I think. It's not officially announced, but everyone's pointed that date. So, like, like, that's not that long to wait. After the Cup's over, you got Christmas, you chill in January, and all of a sudden MLS is back, and we're talking about Charlotte FC training camp. You know, I've got to say is, is that the way that the MLS schedule works is awkward obviously compared to the globe when it comes to soccer. But if you're an MLS player, especially an American MLS player that celebrates American holidays, it's kind of really nice. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, you get the holiday season with your family every single year. Yeah. What a great place to be. What a great opportunity for Brownie Bro. Yeah. To be with his beautiful wife, to be with his family. Of course. To hang out here in Charlotte. Same thing with Adam Armour and his family as well. You know, you get to spend time with your family over the holidays. Have Thanksgiving. Have have Christmas time, celebrate the new year, and then get ready for another MLS season. So we're going to be with you through the holidays. We're, we're going to have a uh, Charlotte Soccer Show Christmas special <laughs> coming up at the end of the year. So, as well. so I'm gonna. What you said just inspired me to look up. I follow a lot of MLS players on Instagram for fantasy football. Per- I like to. I always like to know like who just broke up with their girlfriend, you know, b- <laughs> before I put them in my fantasy lineups and stuff like that. So, uh, I I follow a guy Jackson Ewell. For the San Jose Quakes, he's a midfield. He's an American midfielder. He's probably 17th, 18th on the uh, U.S. Men's National Team death charts for, for <laughs> midfielders. So he's not quite a, a threat to get to Cutter. But uh, he did say this. He he waxed poetic on Instagram. So allow me to quote one of our uh, rivals when I say he posted this: "Lessons to be learned. Another page has turned. To January we yearn." Wow. He just wants to get back to training camp, baby. And so do we. And we'll be back for another episode on the Charlotte Soccer Show. He's Danny Brams. I'm John Hayes. You can follow us on Twitter, at John Hayes on Air, at Danny Brams as well. You can follow the show. That's the Crown Baby. Someone just walked in, by the way, live update time on the pod. A young woman just walked in wearing an Andre Shinyashiki jersey. Charlotte is a soccer city. My guess is that uh, she was back there banging on some of those drums and we might have to say 
hello to her in just a minute. So we're going to go do that. Charlotte is a goddamn soccer city. But until next time. For the crown, baby.